This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 114. A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's move on to 1983. New cable networks include Country Music Television, CMT, the Nashville Network, TNN, after several reboots, this is now the Paramount Network, and the Disney Channel. Price is Right's Plinko is seen for the first time. Speaking of Price, the arrival of Pope John Paul II in the U.S. is aired live by the other major networks, but cutbacks at CBS News forces them to show Price is Right instead. The infamous Bicycle Man episode of Different Strokes airs, which involves a pedophile. This formally kicks off the Very Special Episode era. Later that season, First Lady Nancy Reagan appears on that same series to just say no to drugs. Over 125 million people watch the final episode of M.A.S.H., Archie Bunker's place, the last iteration of All in the Family, also takes its final bow. Special Bulletin, a dramatization of a nuclear attack, airs on NBC. Later that year, ABC airs The Day After, about the same topic. Search for Tomorrow is forced to do an episode live the first time for the long-running series after both the main and the backup tapes are lost. Michael Jackson becomes the first black artist to get heavy rotation on MTV, and Whitney Houston makes her first appearance on The Merv Griffin Show. Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings on the same day become sole anchors of their respective network news shows. During a live news update, NBC's Jessica Savage appears incoherent on camera, reportedly from drug use. She drowns in a car accident three weeks later. In an early example of cancel culture, Howard Cosell's racially charged comment on Monday Night Football leads to the end of his run there. Sesame Street deals with death as Mr. Hooper, Will Lee, dies of a heart attack. New non-sitcoms, Fraggle Rock, The A-Team, Star Search, Reading Rainbow, Inspector Gadget, Love Connection, The Syndicated Wheel of Fortune, Manimal, and Scarecrow and Mrs. King. I'm going to preface this next entry to say I'm not a fan of the show. It just rubs me the wrong way for some reason, and I normally avoid it if possible. That being said, Mama's Family premiered on NBC on January 22, 1983 at 9 p.m., Vicki Lawrence plays the titular character Thelma in a gray wig and house dress. Ken Berry plays Vinton, her son, while her two daughters are both recurring characters and TV legends, Carol Burnett as Eunice and Betty White as Ellen. Fellow Golden Girl Rue McClanahan plays Frances, Thelma's sister. She leaves after one season. Dorothy Lyman plays Naomi, Vinton's wife, while Eric Brown plays Vinton Jr., a.k.a. Buzz, and Karen Algold plays Sonia, Vinton's teenage daughter. There's also Harvey Corman as Ed, Eunice's husband, recurring, and Alan Kaiser as their teenage son Bubba, later becomes a regular. 
Finally, Beverly Archer plays Iola, their neighbor. There's a lot of legendary TV talent here, so we've covered many of them already. Ken Berry in episode 18 for the Ann Southern Show, Carol Burnett in episode 14 for Stanley, Betty White in episode 9 for Life with Elizabeth. We covered Beverly Archer in episode 83 for the Nancy Walker Show, and we'll cover Rue McClanahan very soon. Vicki Lawrence originally planned to be a dental hygienist, but became a member of professional show choir The Young Americans in high school. She later entered a local beauty contest in California, and when a newspaper article noted that she looked like a younger Carol Burnett, Lawrence's mother encouraged her to send the article to Burnett. They happened to be looking for someone to play Burnett's younger sister in sketches for her upcoming variety series, and so with very little training or experience, Lawrence was offered the part. She would co-star on The Carol Burnett Show during its long CBS run, winning an Emmy out of five nominations and three Golden Globe nominations. Both Burnett and Harvey Korman taught her sketch comedy on the job. The Mama concept was formed on that series. We'll get to that in a moment. During that run, she became a one-hit wonder for The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia, earning her a gold record with over $2 million in sales. More records followed, but did not do so well. She spent decades on the game show circuit, at one point appearing as both herself and Mama on the late 80s Hollywood Squares reboot, winding up as host for Win, Lose, or Draw. Lawrence got an eponymous daytime talk show, Vicky, which ran for two seasons and netting her two Emmy nominations. There were also a number of guest spots on TV recurring on Laverne and Shirley, The Love Boat, Yes Dear, Hannah Montana, and Great News. She recently returned to regular work on Fox's The Cool Kids. Lawrence tours the country with a one-woman show playing herself the first half and Mama the second. Dorothy Lyman is best known for her work on the soaps Another World, All My Children, Generations, The Bold and the Beautiful, recurring on Life Goes On, Bob and the Nanny, along with a lot of TV guest roles. Speaking of the nanny, she switched to directing and producing there. This was Eric Brown's main acting role. Aside from a few guest roles in minor films, he switched to doing stunt work in the 90s. Harvey Korman served in the U.S. Navy in World War II, later studying at the Goodman School of Drama. Some minor Broadway parts followed, but he moved to TV starting in the late 50s. He recurred on Dr. Kildare, The Magical World of Disney, The Flintstones, as the great kazoo dum-dum, and The Danny Kay Show, all before his long run on The Carol Burnett Show, winning three Emmys and a Golden Globe, leaving in 1977 for Greener Pastures. He got a short-lived sitcom on ABC shortly after that. It's got a wiki entry, but it's not even listed in my show Bible, the complete directory to primetime network and cable shows, so this is the first time I'm mentioning it, which it lasted all of six episodes. By that point, Corman had become a member of Mel Brooks' comedy troupe, appearing in Blazing Saddles, that's Headley, High Anxiety, History of the World Part 1, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, as well as TV's The Nut House. He also made an appearance, actually several, in the infamous Star Wars holiday special. One additional attempt at a sitcom failed, Leo and Liz in Beverly Hills. Corman and Variety sparring partner Tim Conway toured the country doing bits from The Burnett Show. They were inducted together into the TV Hall of Fame. His later years involved mostly voice work, The Brothers Flub and Hey Arnold. Corman passed in 2008. 
As mentioned, Mama's family came out of the Carol Burnett show from a series of sketches called The Family with Lawrence Burnett and Corman starring. This makes the show a parallel to legendary sitcom The Honeymooners, which came out of Jackie Gleason's variety show. The characters seemed to hate each other. It was as if Tennessee Williams wrote for a variety show. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. Burnett was clearly trying to show she could also be an actress. It even jumped over to the short-lived variety show sequel, Carol Burnett and Company. A TV movie was produced called Eunice, which led to launching a series. However, Burnett and Corman were not interested in regular TV work by that point, leaving Lawrence in the starring role after the other two encouraged her to give it a shot. The show began with Mama living with her sister, McClanahan, only to learn that son Vinton, Barry, and his two kids had been evicted, so she agreed to have them move in with her. Vinton quickly takes a shine to neighbor Naomi, and they get married, still living with Mama. Corman appears in early episodes both as Ed and as a parody of Alistair Cook, a la Masterpiece Theater. He also co-directed many of the early episodes. The series quickly dropped in the ratings and was gone midway through season two. Two years later, as part of a trend, the show was resuscitated in first-run syndication, running for four more seasons. Both McClanahan and White were on The Golden Girls by then, while Burnett and Corman's characters had moved to Florida, with their son Bubba staying there as a delinquent on probation. Per Lawrence's autobiography, Burnett and Lawrence had a falling out over her accepting the syndicated series, as producer Joe Hamilton, Burnett's recently divorced husband, was behind it all. The grudge continued until Hamilton's death in 1991. Meanwhile, the syndicated series did very well at one point, becoming the highest-rated first-run series. The show ended in 1990 because, depending on the source, Lawrence had gotten tired of the character, although she went on to do it elsewhere for years, or the series had reached 100 episodes for ongoing syndication. The series won an Emmy for Best Costuming out of three noms. It's been seen on TBS, Ion TV, CMT, and currently... Me TV. I watched a clip on YouTube. The opening theme is reminiscent of Dixieland jazz. There's a lot of arguing and fighting with people undercutting each other. It's more like caricature than actual characters. Still not a fan. Amanda's premiered on ABC on February 10th, 1983 at 8.30 p.m. B. Arthur returns to TV in an obvious knockoff of John Cleese's BBC series Faulty Towers. Arthur runs a California seaside hotel, Amanda's by the Sea, another name for the series, that has seen better times. Fred McCarran played her son, actually trained in hotel management, and Simone Griffith, his wife. Rick Hurst played the chef, and Tony Rosato played Aldo, the foreign bellhop, a.k.a. Manuel. There was also a banker ready to foreclose, Keen Curtis, and Amanda's brother-in-law, played by Kevin McCarthy. Of course, we covered B. Arthur in episode 63 for Maud, McCarran was covered in episode 90 for Free Country, Simone Griffith in episode 103 for Ladies' Man, Rick Hurst in episode 78 for On the Rocks, and Keen Curtis in episode 100 for One in a Million. Tony Rosato was born in Italy, then his family moved to Canada. 
Plans to become a chiropractor ended when he dropped out of school to do improv at the Second City. This led to a season on SCTV, followed by a season on SNL, both with his castmate Robin Duke. Post-Amanda's, he returned to Canada to be a regular on Night Heat. Other regular or recurring shows, Street Legal, Stickin' Around, Relic Hunter, Blasters Universe. Rosado was also in films Hearts of Fire, Switching Channels, Mystery Date. His later years mostly involved voice work. The Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3 TV series as Luigi, Super Mario World, The Busy World of Richard Scarry, The Adventures of Sam and Max, Freelance Police, Mythic Warriors, Guardian of the Legend, George and Martha, Pelswick, Da Boom Crew, Scaredy Swirl. Rosado passed in 2016. Kevin McCarthy's parents both died in the 1918 flu epidemic, and he and his three siblings were sent from Seattle to Minnesota to live with relatives. This did not go well, and they were later separated to live with other relatives. McCarthy served in World War II in the Army Air Corps and did training films there. After that, he had a long career as a character actor on the stage, TV, and film. Broadway's Abe Lincoln in Illinois, Flight to the West, Wing Victory, Joan of Lorraine, Red Roses for Me, Two for the Seesaw, Advise and Consent, Something About a Soldier, Cactus Flower, Happy Birthday Wanda June, and Poor Murderer. Films Death of a Salesman as Biff with an Oscar nom and a Golden Globe win, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers as the lead, he had a cameo in the remake, The Misfits, Hotel, Piranha, Hero at Large, The Howling, and UHF, and TV's Studio One in Hollywood, Schlitz Playhouse, Burke's Law, The Survivors, Flamingo Road, Bay City Blues, The Colbys, plus dozens of guest spots from the late 40s to the 2000s, just some of his 206 IMDb entries. McCarthy would help form the actor's studio. It's believed that he and Montgomery Clift had an affair in the 40s and 50s. McCarthy passed in 2010 at age 96. Amanda's was not B. Arthur's comeback, but she wouldn't have long to wait. The show lasted all of 10 episodes with three more unaired. John Cleese, star of the series Amanda's is based on, heard about the remake this way. The most extraordinary remake was with B. Arthur. I remember at a party I met these chaps from Viacom who said they were working on a new Faulty Towers. My ears pricked up at the sound of cash registers and said, That's wonderful. Are you going to change anything? They said, Well, we've changed one thing. We've written Basil out. And that's absolutely true. They took Basil and Sybil's lines and gave them all to B. Arthur. Arthur described the show as a big disappointment. This would not be the last time that American TV tried to recreate the classic series. Found an episode on YouTube. The theme is very 1920s jazz age. The set is a near duplicate of the UK show, and so is the dialogue. Arthur does the best she can, but even she can't sell it. Just watch the original. Condo premiered on ABC on February 10, 1983 at 8 p.m. McLean Stevenson gets yet another run at the brass ring again with no luck. 
He plays a man moving down the economic ladder, forcing him to move with his wife, Brooke Alderson, from a mansion to a condo. Meanwhile, a Latino, Luis Avalos, runs a landscaping company and is moving up that same ladder, so he moves himself and his wife, Yvonne Wilder, from the barrio into the same condo. After they mistake their new neighbors for the help, their kids, Mark Shubb and Julie Carmen, fall in love and quickly elope, and even more quickly is expecting their own child. Now the two families have to get along. There's also a younger Stevenson son, played by Mark Price, and Wilder's father, played by James Victor. This is McLean Stevenson's fourth new series, The McLean Stevenson Show, episode 83, In the Beginning, episode 92, Hello Larry, episode 94, all since he left MASH, and all premiered while MASH was still on the air. Worst decision ever. We covered Luis Avalos in episode 96 for Highcliffe Manor, Yvonne Wilder in episode 87 for Operation Petticoat, Mark Price in episode 111 for Family Ties, and James Victor in episode 80 for Viva Valdez. This was Brooke Alderson's only regular TV series, but she did appear in Urban Cowboy. Mark Shubb went on to a short run on The Paper Chase. Julie Carmen studied under Meisner and Uta Hagen and then created quite a career for herself. She had a run on Falcon Crest, appeared in miniseries Drug Wars and True Women, and did a lot of guest roles. She appeared in films The Milagro Beanfield War and Fright Night Part 2. She studied dance and was resident choreographer at Intar. She also studied at the original Pilates studio and taught that as well. She led drama and yoga therapy at Passages Rehab Center, and she's now a licensed psychotherapist. If you haven't already guessed, Kondo was not a hit, running all of 13 episodes, ending just a few months after the MASH finale. There's a theme of racism in the show, with Stevenson playing the conservative wasp who now has to deal with an upwardly mobile Hispanic family. Yvonne Wilder was actually two years older than her on-screen dad, the latter getting heavy makeup. Producers Witt and Thomas would use a similar plan for Dorothy and Sophia on The Golden Girls. Mark Price was recurring on Family Ties at the same time he was on Condo and became a regular on Ties after Condo was over. Bizarrely, Brooke Alderson had guest appearances on Family Ties as Elise's friend. Fortunately, Alderson and Price never appeared together there. With the cast double booking themselves, I think they knew the writing was on Condo's wall. I watched an episode on YouTube. The opening included animation showing the families moving into the same condo association with fairly generic music about having to live together. It ends with the two families on a couch, a callback to the Wit Thomas series Soap. The dialogue is atrocious. There's a terrible Arab racial slur in addition to all the Hispanic ones. It is disgusting. I had to make a major effort to get through it. At least there's a three months later card in the first episode to explain the ridiculously short time the kids went from meeting to marrying to having a kid, not necessarily in that order. James Victor's makeup looks like it came from community theater. Stevenson wouldn't get another regular role for five years and only then in a supporting role on the Dirty Dancing TV series, which also flopped. (laughs) 
more of 1983's sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.